0: It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's that time of year. It's a slow time in the sports calendar, which means it is the perfect opportunity for sports talk shows around the country to talk about how Notre Dame isn't relevant to boost their ratings. I know, it doesn't make any sense, but that's what's coming up on Locked On Irish. You are Locked On Irish, your daily podcast on the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up and welcome in? This is Locked On Irish, your daily Notre Dame podcast. Today is Thursday, February 22nd. And thank you for making this your first listen of the day. I'm Tyler Wojak and I'm the host. I'm a Notre Dame alum and producer covering college football for Fox Sports. And you could watch the full episode on YouTube or listen wherever you get your podcasts. If you are watching along on YouTube, please give the video a thumbs up and subscribe to the channel. Or if you're listening to the pod, please take a moment to rate the show five stars, leave a nice review, and of course, subscribe. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. New customers join today and you'll get $150 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 more wins. Just visit FanDuel.com. So it's locked on to get started. All right, I'm going to be honest with you. It has been a weird week for Notre Dame football fans. It felt like somewhat out of the blue, every sports talk show in America, decided that this was the week to bash Notre Dame and declare the football program is irrelevant again in modern college football. And at first, I didn't even want to talk about it because I felt like it wasn't worth talking about. It's really not that interesting to me. It's the same old dumb arguments that you've heard a million times. I thought we put the whole irrelevant thing to bed years ago, but apparently not, and it reached a bit of a crescendo on Wednesday, so I felt like I had to address it on the show today, but I'm feeling good. Honestly, I am. A big part of that is because the Notre Dame men's basketball team headed south on 31 to I-65, all the way down to the Yum Center in Louisville, Kentucky, and they put a hurting on the Louisville Cardinals. Now, you might say Louisville is one of the worst teams to ever grace the hardwood, I would say. Fair. But I'm certainly going to enjoy it. But I'm going to save that for the end because we've got some funny business to attend to first. And by funny business, I really mean bullshit because that is what it is. So if you're a Notre Dame fan who's not on social media or you don't watch a ton of national sports talk shows and you aren't consuming this stuff 24-7 like I am, first of all, I envy you. You probably live a much better life. But I am one of those people who consume it nonstop. So let me explain what's going on. On Monday, the College Football Playoff Committee unanimously approved a 5-plus-7 format for the expanded playoff in the years 2024 and 2025. This wasn't a surprise at all. I didn't even feel the need to address it on the show because this is a direct result of the collapse of the Pac-12. We all saw it coming, so now instead of the 6-plus-6 format we thought was going to happen, now instead of six automatic bids for conference champions, there is going to be five. Those five are going to go out to the conference champs of the Power Four now, I guess we could call it. The Big Ten, the SEC, the ACC, and the Big 12, plus the highest-ranked group of five conference champion. Of those five, the four highest-ranked conference champions are going to get a first-round bye. So that means if Notre Dame finishes in the top four at the end of the regular season, they are not eligible for a first-round buy. If that sounds familiar to you, That's because it is. This rule has been in place since the CFP first decided to expand back in 2021. And all of us Notre Dame fans have known about it since the inception of that rule and that format. And at the time, some people were really upset about it. I get it. It's not ideal for Notre Dame. Certainly you would want that buy, but I always felt like, Notre Dame had to make a compromise, and that's exactly what they did. Remember, Athletic Director Jack Swarbrick was a part of that committee. He was in that room, and he was a big part in all of this. As a matter of fact, he advocated for it. So it wasn't like he just begrudgingly accepted something that he didn't want, something that he thought might hurt his program. No, he saw that this was a good opportunity. Yes, it's not the perfect opportunity, but it was good enough. So he pitched it. It got worked out. Um, But more on that in a little bit. All right, so we knew about this rule. Then on Tuesday, some guy named Joe Pompliano, uh, who I personally have never heard before, but he has over 500,000 followers on X, so good for him. Joe tweeted this out. Quote, the new college football playoff will put the four highest-ranked conference champions as seeds one through four. That means that even if Notre Dame is the number one-ranked team in the country, they would get the number five seed, requiring them to win four straight games to win a title. That's brutal. End tweet. Like I said, if that sounds familiar to you, That's because it is. We already knew that. We accepted it. And I haven't seen one Notre Dame fan complaining in the past couple days ever since this new format got announced. But even though this has been in place for almost three years now, that tweet went crazy viral. It has nearly 6 million views, 1,200 quote tweets, and nearly 2,000 replies in just under 48 hours. But because of this tweet, it seems like, All anybody wants to talk about on TV, on radio, on podcasts, is how they aren't sorry for Notre Dame fans and how they signed up for this. Well, guess what? We aren't feeling sorry for ourselves either. So what is the issue here? The issue isn't Notre Dame fans. The real issue is that there isn't a whole lot to talk about right now in the sports world. The NFL season just ended. College football has been over with for a while. The NBA is off because it's the All-Star break. Major League Baseball is still about a month away uh, from opening day. We're getting closer to March Madness in college basketball, but even that is still a few weeks away. So what is there to talk about? Not much, okay? Not much at all. And look, as someone who works in sports content for a living, I've been in those production rooms. Uh, I know that sometimes it's hard to pull out content and get stuff that works, that fits, but also there's a bit of laziness to all of this, and that is what makes me so frustrated because there's so many shows now who are chomping at the bit to talk about Notre Dame and create an argument out of thin air even though we aren't arguing to begin with but the reason why they're doing this is because it rates and that's the irony in all of this because the number one thing these shows have been criticizing Notre Dame for is not being relevant which that phrase is so loaded and I don't even know what they what they mean but the primary reason that they're talking about them is that Notre Dame is so relevant in the public eye that it is an easy win for ratings and engagement. They know what they're doing, a lot of these shows. Like, that's why... I wasn't even mad at all uh, at Stephen A. Smith or Paul Feinbaum for the completely moronic things they said on First Sake on Wednesday. Uh, basically, Stephen A. was calling Notre Dame irrelevant. Paul Feinbaum was saying the same thing. Now, Chris Mad Dog Russo, he actually was siding with Notre Dame because uh, I think he's a Catholic. His daughter went to school at Notre Dame, so it's a debate show. They were debating. They were saying that Notre Dame is irrelevant. Honestly, some of the burns by Stephen A. Uh, were actually pretty good, but it was incredibly ironic because Stephen A. started his remarks by bragging about how First Take has been the number one TV show, uh, or the number one daytime sports talk show for the past 12 years, how they've had the best ratings, and then he's also in that same breath wondering why they're talking about Notre Dame when they aren't really relevant. Well, like, dude, you're telling on yourself, you know exactly why you're talking about Notre Dame. So, I like Stephen A. I think he's hilarious. I don't listen to any of his takes, but I just think he's, uh, he's a great entertainer, and he's really good at what he does, but... Ever since then, it seems like a lot of people who claim themselves to be college football experts, they joined the fray. And that is where I got annoyed, because they started to reiterate a lot of those claims, even though... They are factually incorrect. So now you're not just trying to be entertaining. You think you're smarter than you are, when in reality, you're actually telling on yourself for not knowing much at all about the sport that you cover. If you cover college football and you didn't know about this rule until now with Notre Dame in the first round by, then I'm probably not going to care too much about your opinion because this expanded playoff format has been the biggest sports story or the biggest story in the sport for the past three years and everyone who is worth a damn Knew the rule, except some notable people uh, in the college football space. And if you want to claim Notre Dame is irrelevant on the field, you're just being ignorant, right? The Irish are one of eight teams to make the four-team college football playoff more than once. Only six teams have won a college football playoff national championship. So does that make everyone else irrelevant? Like, is Texas irrelevant because they haven't won a championship? They haven't won a playoff game? They've actually made the college football playoff one less time than Notre Dame? Not to mention the fact that Notre Dame is 95 and 33 over the past 10 years, despite finishing 4 and 8 in 2016. They also have finished in the top 15, seven out of the past 10 years. And the only schools with better records over the past seven years are Alabama, Ohio State, Georgia, Clemson, and Michigan. Is everyone else irrelevant? I don't think so. But look, I can get annoyed by this commentary. It's easy. It's easy to see these things that people say that are wrong and it's easy to get frustrated by it. and you, know, you can get into arguments on the internet all you want. But in reality, it's lazy on their side and in the end, it doesn't really matter because it's going to keep happening until Notre Dame forces the conversation to change on the field by winning in the biggest spots. I'm not going to say that they just need to fix it by winning because they've been winning. They need to win in the the biggest moments in the biggest stage in the sport to start ending these ridiculous conversations and hearing these ridiculous arguments that we have had to listen to year over year over year. Because even though a lot of what these guys say is ridiculous, I'm not going to sit here and deny that Notre Dame hasn't won a national championship in over three decades. I won't deny that Notre Dame has gotten smoked every time they made the college football playoff or the BCS national championship. I won't deny that they've had major letdowns in big regular season games throughout the years. And I especially won't deny that they blew it against Ohio state in one of the biggest games of the 2023 college football season. All of that is true. Now do those things completely eradicate all of the other successful things Notre Dame has accomplished over the past decade? Absolutely not. But until Notre Dame wins a playoff game, and they start knocking off one of these teams who are considered relevant. Then it's just going to keep happening. I'm sick of it. You're sick of it. We all have good reason to be. But one thing is certain: winning cures everything. And if we want this shit to stop, the Irish are going to have to end it on the field. All right, that was that was a lot to open the show. But I'm not done yet. Coming up next, I'll tell you why Notre Dame actually has an advantage in the current playoff format compared to the conference champions. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors is everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more... Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebay.com slash motors. eBay Guaranteed Fit, only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. All right, let's put all that irrelevant discussion to the side because the real thing that started that was the new college football playoff format. And I think it's important to revisit that and focus on that because that actually matters and that affects what Notre Dame is trying to accomplish. So if you're in the Power Four in this new 5-plus-7 format, the easiest path to winning a national championship includes 16 games total. You have to play your 12 regular season games. If you win enough games in the regular season, then you earn a spot in the conference championship. If you win the conference championship, you get that first round bye. And then from there, you would have to win three playoff games in a row to be crowned the national champion. If you're Notre Dame in this new format, the path to winning a championship goes like this. Win the vast majority of your 12 regular season games, and then you have to win four playoff games. What does that amount to? 16 games. It's the exact same as any of those power four teams. But the difference is, instead of playing in a conference championship to earn that first round bye, Notre Dame would have to play in the first round of the playoff, likely against the group of five champion if they were to finish the regular season in the top four. So let's say last year, Notre Dame finishes in the top four after the regular season. They're the fifth seed in a 12-team format. The team that they would have played is the 12th seed. The group of five champion, the highest ranked, was Liberty. They finished twenty-third in the final CFP rankings after the regular season. And Oregon beat Liberty 45 to 6 in the Fiesta Ball. And they honestly could have won by more because they were up by or they were up by 28 at halftime. They took out their starters very very early on in the second half. And that was that. Would you rather play Liberty at home in the first round or have to be a likely very good team in your conference championship to earn a bye? Now, you could make the argument that if Notre Dame was in the ACC, they might not have to beat a very good team in the conference championship given how poor the conference has been in recent years. Maybe you could say the same thing about the Big 12, but Notre Dame is probably never going to join the Big 12. Personally, I am taking liberty in that scenario. So yes, on paper, Notre Dame does have to win four playoff games no matter what every single year as long as this format exists. But when you break it down, it's really the same number of of games because the conference championships are a de facto playoff game and they're played on a neutral site. That is exactly why Jack Swarbrick advocated for this plan to begin with. He even said at the time, I don't want to hear about the 13th data point anymore. And he had a great point that was back in 2021. And like I said earlier, if I'm telling you something you already know, I apologize, I really do. I wasn't going to do the segment, but I felt like even though I've done it before, it's worth repeating because there are so many people uh, outside of Notre Dame fans, you you're watching this, you're listening to this, you're smart. I know that you get it, but I still think we should go over it again, so that when you're in an argument with your coworker who doesn't know anything about college football, they're like, "Oh, Notre Dame needs to join a conference and never gonna win national championship." Like, they might not, but that's not the reason why, right? They have to win the same number of games. They have to get through 16 games to win the national championship. So if this format holds, like I think Notre Dame can be independent as long as they want. So long as NBC is willing, them, uh, willing to pay them enough money for their television rights to keep up with the arms race in college football, then Notre Dame is going to be in good shape. I think NBC is willing to do that. They proved that with this new television contract. And right now, things look good for Notre Dame. But I am getting a little worried that this new playoff format is not going to stick. And I'm incredibly frustrated by it because on top of all these discussions about the new five plus seven format, the college football playoff committee is also trying to figure out what they want to do in 2026 and beyond. The committee met for nine hours on Tuesday or Wednesday, which can you imagine a nine hour meeting? Like I get annoyed if I have a Zoom meeting that's an hour or even an in-person meeting that's an hour. That's it's a lot to me. Now, occasionally I have like a two to three hour workshop or something like that, but nine hours Geez, I feel like it could be a little bit more efficient than that. But apparently, in that nine-hour meeting, the idea of a 14-team playoff came up. Now, to be clear, I'm not shocked that the leaders of the sport are already trying to expand the playoff even more because obviously more games equals more television money in their pockets. I get it. We don't have to go over that. But I am a little bit surprised that they're already having these discussions to expand the playoff before a single game is played in the first expanded playoff format. Like, maybe I shouldn't be, though, right? Like, I I guess I should never doubt the greed by some of these individuals. And the reason for all of this, the reason that they're even discussing a 14-team playoff is because... The, the television contract that currently exists is only agreed upon for the next two seasons. like that five plus seven format is 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 absolutely locked in for 2024 and 2025. They cannot deviate from that anymore. But come 2026 there will be a new television rights deal. And uh, I know last week there was a report that ESPN purchased the rights, purchased a, an all-in deal where they were going to get every single playoff game starting in 2026 like they do now with the 14 playoff uh, and the 12-team playoff that we're about to see here over the course of these next two years. But as they are trying to negotiate that deal, they are simultaneously discussing the format of the actual playoff that will start that season. It's a little bit complicated but they're trying to get the most out of that new deal which is why they're trying to get more games all of that comes together because 2026 it's a clean slate like we know it's going to be an expanded playoff format but now they already are trying to add more games not surprisingly the Big Ten and the SEC are a big part in those discussions because they believe they deserve more automatic bids than the other two conferences and It's hard to argue with them when you look at the strength of both those conferences and then you compare it to the ACC and the Big 12. There is certainly a gap that exists. And now the Big 10 and the SEC are fighting for more automatic bids for their conferences because they feel that they are more worthy than the other two. That's where it gets tricky. If you're Notre Dame, because I'm not even ready to go into why I hate the 14 team model and how I think the more playoff games they add, the more the regular season is diminished. And so many of the things that make college football unique and special continue to be thrown away for more television revenue. I'm not going to get into that today. I'm just going to focus on how this pertains to Notre Dame, because this could be troublesome. The more automatic qualifiers there are for the teams in the two major conferences, that means less at large bids for Notre Dame and everyone else. It's still very early very early to debate where Notre Dame fits in this 14 playoff format because there are just way too many variables out there right now that are not even close to being worked out. To, like, like I told you, they had a nine-hour meeting, right? These people don't work efficiently. It's going to take a long time before any of this um, gets written and it's signed, sealed, and delivered and all of that. But the fact that they are even discussing it right now has me really worried because I feel like if they're talking about it now – it's probably going to happen eventually. I don't want to be all doom and gloom, but that is just the way that I look at this. And I think that this new format, if it goes through, if they get this 14-team format, it could end up being the biggest threat to Notre Dame's uh, independence that we've ever seen, which is funny because I started this complaining about how whenever these uh, talking heads talk about Notre Dame and the conference and all that stuff, they they never have the argument right. They almost have it. They they could have it right here with this 14-team format, That could be the real nail in the coffin for Notre Dame's independence, but they're not even talking about that. They're talking about all this other stuff that doesn't even matter with the irrelevant argument. They're just completely missing the point. So even though I feel really strongly about Notre Dame's independence in the current format, I am worried that that format might not be around very long. Again, it's still too early to tell. We're a long way from getting this. All this stuff worked out, but it is definitely something to monitor because right now... Notre Dame is in perfect position to make the college football playoff every year as an independent, but as a society, we love tweaking things, man. We do it constantly with a lot of stuff that doesn't really need to be tweaked, and it looks like the suits want to tweak something before we can even tell if it needs to be tweaked. So there's not much we can do, and uh look, it might just end up being the thing to force Notre Dame into joining a conference or it might not. It could just be an idea that they kicked around during a nine-hour meeting, and uh, maybe one day we'll just forget about this entirely. But if you're a Notre Dame fan out there and you really care about independence, you need to be monitoring this situation. All right, coming up next, let's end things on a positive note here because the Notre Dame men's basketball team just dominated the Louisville Cardinals last night for their third win in a row. That's coming up next. Get buckets with your first bet on Fandle, America's number one sportsbook. Because right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That's $150 if your bet wins. Bet on all your favorite NBA players and teams with quick bets, live same game parlays, exclusive props, and more. Just visit Fandle.com. So it's locked on and shoot your shot. Fandle, an official sportsbook partner of the NBA. It wasn't that long ago where if you went into the Yum Center in Louisville, Kentucky, and you beat the Cardinals by 20 or more points, it would be the most impressive win of your entire season if you're a men's college basketball team. I don't care if you're Notre Dame. I don't care if you're Kentucky. I don't care who you are. If you did that to the Louisville Cardinals men's basketball team, that would be very, very impressive. They are one of the best college basketball programs, certainly in my lifetime, but I think in the history of the sport. But given what their head coach, Kenny Payne, has done since taking over that program and the fact that he has absolutely torpedoed that thing into a place that I I cannot even believe they have reached this level. It is not nearly the same accomplishment as it once was, but still, I enjoyed every second watching this young Irish team dominate Louisville in front of the 50 or 60 people who showed up to watch that game in person. And uh, it was a really good win. For the Irish, it is their third consecutive win, um, third straight win in the ACC, and I just feel really, really good about what this team was able to do. And uh, I just love this game, right? Like growing up in Louisville, I loved going to it. I was at the game in 2012 when Notre Dame knocked off Louisville in two overtimes. I saw Eric Atkins outplay Peyton Siva to get the win. I had grown adults chirping me on the way out, and you know, if you've been following Notre Dame men's basketball for a long time, like that game between Louisville was always like a quiet rivalry in the big East. Like it's ever going to get the national pub of, uh, of Syracuse and Yukon and and some of the old big East rivalries from back in the day. And then Notre Dame and Louisville joined the ACC around the same time. And then uh, for the early years uh, after that move, they were still very competitive. And uh, I mean, how could you forget the five overtime game back in 2013? Like I was a senior in high school. I remember where I was. I was watching the game. With a bunch of my friends, and almost everyone but me was rooting for Louisville. I had one friend who was a big Kentucky fan. He obviously hates Louisville. And uh, at, as the game was winding down, there were three of us in a room. Everyone else had left. They're probably playing beer pong or something. And we watched the end of that game when Jerry and Grant went on that crazy run to tie it, send it into overtime. And I had so much joy when I went over and I was like, you got, like, this game's going into overtime. It's not over. They didn't even believe me. Then they came out and then they had to suffer through that. Uh, five overtime experience with me. And that was just such a fun win. So even though this game doesn't mean the same anymore, both programs are certainly at a low point uh, that they've been in the past decade. Like when you consider what this game used to mean, what it means now it's, it's, it's different, right? But still Notre Dame went there. They went on the road. They won by 22 points that tied uh, the win over Virginia for the biggest margin of defeat this season. Um, Braden Shrewsbury is starting to figure it out, man, the coach's kid, and I am so happy for him. He finished with a game high, 23 points on 7-11 from three in front of pretty much the entire Shrewsbury family. So Micah grew up in Jeffersonville, Indiana, which is literally the town right across the Ohio River. You can be in downtown Louisville, look across the river, and you are looking right at Jeffersonville. And the entire Shrewsbury family just uh, made the trek over the bridge on 65, and they were in attendance uh, at the Yum Center. I think they took up, like, the entire Notre Dame cheering section. It was really, really cool to see, and especially when you watch Brayden put on an absolute show. Uh, Marcus Burton, second uh, on the team and scoring with 16 points, matches his average points per game going into the game. And the Irish never trailed. Now they're on a three-game winning streak after going 1-9 in their previous 10 games. And I'm not going to tell you that, like, this win means that the Irish have officially turned a corner or anything like that. I'm not going to lie to you and and get a little hyperbolic here when you pummel a Louisville team that's just so bad at this point. Um, but still, I, I feel like watching this team have fun, get their third win in a row, they continue to buy into Michael Shrewsbury and his message, despite the win-loss record. Like, if you think about it, this team really doesn't have that much to play for at this point. They're not making the tournament. I don't even know if they're going to make the NIT. Probably not. So they could have just rolled over and limped their way to the finish line, but that's not what they're doing. They came to play in this one, and that was clear. They could have come into this lethargic, knowing how bad Louisville is, but they didn't. They left, no doubt. And now they had to, uh, they, they had to Syracuse on Saturday. And if they win that game, then we can start talking about a, a serious momentum shift here because the Orange, even though they're not what they used to be during, like, the peak of the Jim Boeheim days, they are 17-10 and 10 on the year. They're 8-8 eight eight in conference play, and it's a tough environment to get a win. Notre Dame historically does not have a ton of success in the Carrier Dome, although I, I – think they changed the name. Either way, it's always going to be the Carrier Dome to me. But you got to enjoy the wins, and you can get them. And uh, I really enjoyed this one on Wednesday night. I am having a lot of fun watching this team get better. It's really cool to see them improve as the year goes on. It's like the complete opposite of what we experienced last year when it just was like, just end the season, man put us all out of this misery. It is not fun to watch this team, but it is a lot of fun watching this team get hot. And it was a lot of fun watching the Irish uh, put a beat down on the team that uh, I had to grow up listening to and hearing about all the time. So even though I'm probably never going to get over the the loss at Cardinal Stadium in the fall when Notre Dame just completely laid an egg and I'm still hearing about that one, at least I got this one on Wednesday night. All right, that's going to do it. For this episode, thanks again for making Locked On Irish first listening today. We're actually going to talk more hoops on tomorrow's show, friend of the program, and men's basketball beat writer Tom Noy from the South Bend Tribune. He's going to stop by to talk about the significance of this three-game winning streak, and I'm also going to ask him about Derek Rose's unofficial visit to South Bend that happened well over a decade ago. Apparently, there's a great story there, and you're going to want to check it out. Remember to subscribe to the show on YouTube or wherever you're listening to the podcast. You can also follow the show on x at social... Or at Lockdown Irish on Instagram at Locked On Irish Pod and follow my personal X account at Tyler W O J C I A K. Same time, same place tomorrow, guys. See you then. Hey Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.